Theology of the Body Institute. This is the Ask Christopher West Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode four. We're having a fun time doing this together, aren't we, honey? Absolutely. I'm enjoying asking questions and also helping you out with the answers occasionally. More than occasionally. I, I've really, really appreciated the insights that you've been sharing, and thank I look you. forward to seeing what you have to say this time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, asking questions is a great way to get to know people, and we enjoy answering your questions and sharing things about ourselves and about the Lord's work in our lives. And we actually have a lot of fun just asking each other questions, often when we're going to bed at night, and we'll ask a funny question like, tell me something you remember from the summer of 1983. We'll just pick some. Yeah, we'll pick a year. Random time. This and is, we're lying in bed, and we're just yeah, kind of drifting off or whatever it might be. And it's a way of just, even after all these years of married life, yeah. still getting to know things about one another that we might not already know. Right. So do you remember anything from the summer of 1983? Oh, that was a real question. Oh, yeah, yeah. The summer of what? 1983. Summer of 1983. I was in between 7th and 8th grade. What was I doing the summer of 1983? Yes, I do have some memories. That was the summer my bike was stolen. Oh, no. And I had no bike the whole summer. Oh, it was, my that's goodness. brutal. That was brutal summer. Because my bike was my freedom. It's how I got everywhere. Oh. And I had this, I had saved up all this money. I was into BMX bikes. Mm-hmm. And as you know, our listeners don't know, but I was, I was a real BMX bike guy and I had saved up all this money and I built this bike myself with mm. different parts that I had purchased yeah. through this catalog. It was one of the coolest bikes in the whole town. Oh. And because it was, people wanted it. And it got stolen right out of my garage. We used to have this quarter pipe in our back alley, uh-huh. which is a big ramp. You'd ride the bike up on and jump off and come back down. Uh-huh. And it started attracting BMX bikers from around the city. Wow. And everybody loved my bike because it was a custom-built thing. Mm-hmm. And somebody saw me put it in the garage that night or, or that afternoon, and they snuck in there during the night and stole oh, it. So I remember sad. this friend I had, Chris Martinchick, he had a bike that wasn't meant to be road double. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant for two passengers, but I would sit on his handlebars and ride with him all summer long all over town. My butt cheeks started getting really sore because it was just this metal <laughs> oh, no. bar that I was sitting on. <laughs> so you asked, memory of summer of 83, yeah, that's, 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 that's what you get. amazing that you remember that and that it was that summer. Let's just say... It left an impression. Okay. Uh, We're getting the puns going again. That's awesome. Shall I go to a question from one of our listeners? Sure. Okay. So this is from Shannon on Facebook. And Shannon says, God made all things, and he made me gay for whatever reason. But I'm a gay Catholic woman living a chaste life. I have confessed my sins, but the fact still remains I'm still gay and always have been. Why did God make me this way? Her name's Shannon. Mm-hmm. Bless you, Shannon. Bless mm-hmm. you, Shannon. There's a deep question here 
underneath her deep question. Her question is deep, but I mm-hmm. think there's a deeper reality underneath it. And I think it's summed up in Jesus's conversation with the Pharisees about marriage. When the Pharisees come to Jesus and they say, hey, Moses allowed us to divorce our wives. What do you say, Jesus? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives because of the hardness of your heart, but from the beginning, it was not so. Mm. It's those words, from the beginning, it was not so, that I think provide something that I, th- I believe will be very enlightening for Shannon here mm-hmm. and anyone else wrestling with this question or, or a thousand related questions yeah. about the state of our humanity in this right. broken world. Mm-hmm. And this is also very significant that John Paul II begins his entire theology of the body with a reflection on these words of Christ. In the beginning, it was not so. So Shannon is saying, God made me gay. And I would suggest to Shannon that Jesus would say, in the beginning, it was not so. Mm. That the roots of our humanity, all of us, in whatever stage of history, The roots of our humanity, the deepest foundation of our humanity is in this mysterious beginning. And if we start with the way we are experiencing the world in the here and now, which is a broken world, and we're all affected by that brokenness, absolutely, we're not going deep enough into our own hearts. Uh, John Paul even gives us this idea, poses this idea that the roots of our humanity are in the Garden of Eden. Mm. The roots of our humanity are in the garden. This means we're not defined by our dysfunctions. We're not defined by our proclivities and attractions, however we might experience them. We're defined by something deeper. And if we don't go deep enough, this is the danger that we will actually define ourselves by something that was introduced into the human equation by what we call the fall. Okay. I mean, we could spend the whole episode talking about this question. I, I, I want to say this to Shannon and anyone else who's struggling with something similar. Here's the good news of the gospel. Christ came into the world to restore creation to the purity of its origins. And this means it's okay that we're broken. So if we understand that in the beginning God made us male and female mm-hmm. and called the two to an intimate union then we can recognize that an erotic attraction to a member of our own sex is a disorientation. It's a, it's a something that was original got skewed. Mm-hmm. Something has become broken here or disordered here. Mm-hmm. But the good news is that Christ came into the world to restore the original order. Mm-hmm. This is what it means, take up your cross and follow me. It means allow me to work in your life in such a way that the original order of God is reestablished in you. Now, my goodness, so much more needs to be said because none of us, I don't care what your proclivities are, and we all have disordered desires. Yes, we do. We are all, every human being, we are sexually disoriented. Everyone Mm -hmm. is sexually disoriented because of the fall, Mm -hmm. right? God created sexual desire to be the very power to love as he loves, and nobody readily and immediately and with great ease experiences it that way. Right. 
We're all disoriented here. We're all broken here. So it's not just Shannon's broken or somebody who experiences this over there is broken. No, I'm broken. Yeah. Wendy, you're broken. And we know this full well in our own experience Mm -hmm. that we are broken here. But we can also attest to encountering Christ in the brokenness, learning through our own painful experience of life, learning how to let Jesus into the brokenness. And I want to say this, it's okay that we're broken because there's a solution. None of us will be perfectly healed here on planet Earth. The, right. the full restoration awaits us on the other side. Yeah. But it's okay that we're broken because God has a perfect plan to bring about our full restoration. And if we take up our cross and follow him the whole way to the other side, we will be resurrected in the full state of our humanity as God always intended it. Mm-hmm. So if it's okay to, that we're broken in that sense because there's a solution, it's not okay to call our brokenness the way God made us. Hmm. The brokenness that's entered our humanity has come in mysteriously through the misuse of human freedom that goes right back to the beginning. Hmm. Uh, there's Shannon, there's so much more I could and should say in response to your question, and maybe, Wendy, mm-hmm. you have some thoughts too. But I, I, I want to urge the listeners to... Read the chapter in the brand new edition of Good News About Sex and Marriage, Mm -hmm. where I talk about same-sex attraction. I updated that chapter uh, with a lot of new questions in light of new new things that are on people's minds since I first wrote that book. Yeah, I did have some things to say, Shannon. First of all, I was struck by you saying, I'm a Catholic woman living a chaste life. And I just wanted to affirm how beautiful that is because... That's a beautiful identity to say, I'm a Catholic woman. Amen. And a beautiful testimony that by God's grace, by his mercy, that you are able to live a chaste life. And I think that's beautiful. And I want to just tell you, you're beautiful. Amen. I also, in light of what Christopher was saying about we're all broken, I remember a time when Christopher actually was part of a week-long course that was for people struggling with sexual brokenness. And he had a real personal experience of this that I don't know if you could share with Shannon because it was meaningful for all of our listeners to just hear this. Yeah, thanks for bringing that to mind. Mm -hmm. And I also love that you noticed right away the first thing Shannon said, that I'm a, what was it? I'm a Catholic woman living a chaste life. I'm a Catholic woman living a chaste life, yes. Uh, that's, again, just my wife's sensitivity. I'm so glad you're doing the show with me to mm. balance out. I go right for the, the other part of the question. Uh, yeah, this was my experience. I was, I, and I would recommend this program to anybody listening out there, and we'll, we'll put this a link to it in the show notes. But a dear friend of mine named Andrew Kamiski runs a program called Living Waters, and it's run through Desert Stream Ministries, and he's been working for probably nearly 40 years in this arena of ministering to men and women with sexual and relational brokenness, as Mm -hmm. he calls it. And we all have that. Mm -hmm. We all have sexual and relational brokenness in our lives because nobody's perfect. We're all fallen. And my friend Andrew invited me to this week-long training. And uh, sure enough, a lot of people who go, what they're struggling with is same-sex attraction issues and having lived even an active homosexual reality, and they're looking for another way to live. 
so I was put in a small group with, mm-hmm. I think, seven men. Okay. And we dug deep together for five days into real issues of our hearts, struggles, pains, mm-hmm. stuff that goes way back to childhood, all kinds of intimate, nitty-gritty mm-hmm. struggles. Five of the seven men in my group had same-sex attraction. Mm-hmm. And what I learned, I, initially when I went into the small group with these guys, I was wondering, hmm, am I going to be able to relate to these guys? Their mm-hmm. issues are, are different than mine. But, oh, my gosh, within the first session and certainly confirmed in the second session and then the rest of the week is so clear mm-hmm. that these are just other men with the very same question I have, mm. which is what does it mean to be a man? Mm-hmm. And I grew up, nobody told me. Mm-hmm. Nobody, told, nobody formed me in a true vision of manhood. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't given a true vision of manhood and I didn't have men that I could really emulate in my life or wanted to, that took a certain path, took me down a certain path. And it took these five other guys down an, another kind of path. But the root issue was the same. Mm-hmm. And Shannon, your root question is the root question that every woman has. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to speak into that because my wife is here. But mm-hmm. what, what is the root question that every woman has? Yeah. What is it about me as a woman that is a gift? You know, how do I give my feminine gift in this world? Mm. What did God make me for? Shannon, you are a gift. When you say, God made me to be gay, I would invite you, gently invite you to reconsider a different way of saying it. Rather, God made me to be a gift. Mm -hmm. And how can you be that gift in the world? Bless you, Shannon. You are a gift. Shannon, thank you so much for asking that question. So here's another question. I find it a little humorous, so I don't know if the anonymous person who submitted it meant to be funny, but (laughs) it says, why should TOB matter to me as much as it matters to you? (laughs) (laughs) Is there, do you think there's a little poke in that? I think it's a little funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like this Christopher Rest guy is kind of over the top with theology of the body. It's kind of intense. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I am that. Um, do you want to speak into that, being married to this intense man? No, I want you to answer that question. Uh, I just I'm trying, trying to get off the hook there. <laughs> didn't work. So, yeah, short, TOB is shorthand. All the listeners out there, TOB is shorthand for theology of the body. We who are in this realm and deal with it all the time, just abbreviate it to TOB. Mm-hmm. So read it again. Why is Okay, why should TOB matter to me as much as it matters to you? Okay. Well, T.O.B., if we understand what theology of the body is, should matter to all of us because it gives profound, compelling, deep answers Mm -hmm. to the questions we're all asking. And this goes back to Shannon's question. Mm -hmm. Who am I? What does it mean to be, for Shannon, a woman? What does it mean to be, for me, a man? Mm Mm-hmm. Discovering compelling, deep, profound, meaningful answers to those mm-hmm. questions is indispensable. Yes. To living <laughs> a deep, profound, meaningful existence. Okay. So it should matter if we want to live that kind of if existence. If we want to live a deep, um, meaningful, that's good. profound existence, mm-hmm. then we want to know what theology of the body has mm-hmm. to say. And, and here again, it's so important to correct misconceptions out there. Here's the misconception. 
Oh, theology of the body, that's for married people. Oh, theology of the body, that's that teaching on sex. Oh, theology of the body, that's for just theologians. Oh, theology of the body, that's that academic stuff. There are elements of truth in all of those statements. Sure. But it's a reduction mm-hmm. of what John Paul II has given us. Mm. And it's, it's kind of unfortunate that everything that becomes... A popular teaching becomes a thang, right? (laughs) It gets thangified. (laughs) It gets thangified, Um, and and when 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 something becomes a thang, you kind of lose what it really is. Theology of the body is a divine vision of what it means to be human. Mm. That's what it is. Theology of the body is an education in the fundamental reality of what it means that we are men and women made in the image of God. So I like to say, if you have a body, this theology applies to you. To address that other question, to be as enthusiastic about it as I am, not everybody's called to devote their lives to spreading it around the world and writing books and giving lectures. And I admit I I may be a little weird in that regard, (laughs) but this is my calling. This is my... This is, this is our calling it as is. a married couple. Mm-hmm. I mean, I proposed to you in 1995. Part of my proposal was asking you, are you willing to be part of this, this mission? mission? Yeah. And we took it very seriously mm-hmm. that we had this particular calling on sure. our lives, which is, mm-hmm. is unusual. Yes. And maybe the person who's asking that question, maybe you um, are a little cynical and need to open up to the possibility that God has something really good for yeah, you. Yeah, who knows? Maybe this person <laughs> is called yeah, yeah. to do some kind of apostolic well, that would work. Be funny. Wouldn't that be? You know what? I was sort of like that myself. <laughs> the fact that I am doing this work, and you know this full well. Yeah. If someone had told me 30 years ago that this would be how I'm living my life and what I'm doing with my life, I never would have believed it. I mm. hated public speaking. I was not a very good writer. Uh, the thought of getting up in front of an audience to give a book report or something made me sweat. I actually would call in sick uh, <laughs> if I had to do that. If somebody had told me I would be doing this in my life, I never would have believed it. So, hey, if God can do this in yeah. my life, he can do it in anybody's Absolutely. life. Absolutely. <laughs> do we have time for another question? We do have time for another question. All right. Here's a question, another anonymous question we received. What do I tell my teen when she asks me why she can't have sex with her boyfriend? Even if they love each other. Well, they can have sex. (laughs) (laughs) The question is, is it good to do so? That (laughs) I just you know, I I I get I get stuck on words. words are very important. When you spend your life with words and you're always using words, you want words to mean things. So so absolutely your daughter can have sex with her boyfriend. I just wouldn't recommend it because it's not a good thing. Right. And here's why. We have to have a conversation about what is the meaning of sex and what is the meaning yeah. of love. Mm. So I'm sure, there's no doubt in my mind, there are genuine elements of love in this boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. And I'm sure without any doubt that there are elements of immaturity and need for growth because everybody has that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about love and let's talk about what kind of sexual behavior is an expression of love. Okay. Love, if we're really to understand it, is a divine reality. God Mm. is love. Mm. 
we've been hearing this our whole lives, but we don't really, sometimes anyway, we don't stop to think, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. And if we were raised in a kind of puritanical environment, we have God over here and we have sex over there. Yeah. And we think God is the all holy and sex is the all unholy. Mm. This is not our faith. This is not our faith. In fact, the great gift, I would say, one of the greatest gifts John Paul II gave us is to connect the dots between the commandment of love that Jesus gives us, the new commandment which summarizes the whole gospel. Love one another. What does he say? As I have loved you. As I have loved you. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I tell you this so that your life might be miserable. No, no, no. That's no, not right. That's not, uh-uh. <laughs> that is not what he says. What does he say? And what did we inscribe in our wedding bands? That my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. complete. Mm-hmm. So we inscribed that in our wedding bands because that was so meaningful to us that mm-hmm. we were, we had this call to love one another, to learn what it means to love as Jesus loves so that his joy might be in us and our joy might be complete. Yes. The dots that John Paul II connects is to say that that commandment to love so that God's joy might be in us and our joy might be complete. That commandment to love is inscribed by God, chiseled by God, right in our bodies as male and female. A man's body does not make sense by itself. A woman's body... Does not make sense by itself. Does not make sense by itself, but seen in light of... Each other. What do we discover? A call to... Holy communion. Holy communion. A call to holy communion in the very image and likeness of God, who himself is an eternal holy communion, Mm -hmm. with a capital H and a capital C. Mm. Our small h, small c, holy communion is just a little, 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 little glimmer, or it's meant to be, of the eternal holy communion Mm. of the Trinity. So love one another as I have loved you. If you have any question about sexual morality, it comes down to this. Is this behavior a true image of the way God loves, or is it not? Right. And God's love is not a one-night stand. God's love is not a two-month stand. God's love is not a three-year stand. Mm -hmm. God's love is a forever. I am yours forever. A husband and a wife have made that commitment to love forever Mm -hmm. in the image and likeness of God. I would say to your daughter... If that's the kind of love she wants to express with her boyfriend, then go see a priest. It's time to get married. Mm-hmm. And if she says, well, I'm not, I mean, I'm too young. I wasn't thinking, I, that's not exactly. Okay, so so don't confuse the desire for sexual pleasure or sexual touch or sexual experimentation. Don't confuse that with the very serious and very demanding commitment to love as God loves. Mm. We talk about this all the time, that in our, we know that in our marital union, we are... We're renewing our vows. We're, we're renewing our, our vows. Mm. We're renewing our, our marital commitment. Right. If you don't know that sex is meant to be a renewal of wedding vows, then you don't know what sex is meant to be. Mm. And if you think you can express that same kind of love when you haven't exchanged wedding vows... You're saying something that really isn't true. It doesn't correspond to reality. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of a movie called Vanilla Sky starring Tom Cruise and um, I forget her name. 
anyway, one of those blonde actresses from, uh, <laughs> I can't remember her name. Somebody will look it up and tell me. But anyway, Tom Cruise and whoever it was had this fling. And then the next day they're driving in a car and she says to him, when are you going to take your commitments seriously? And he's like, what, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And she says, don't you know that your body makes a promise even if you don't? Mm. And I thought, wow, wow, even Hollywood gets it right every once in a while. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's what's at stake. Your body makes a promise. Your body is and making a promise. it needs to correspond to the, the reality of the promises we really have made. We really and have the made. the responsibility that goes with those promises. Right. But I think also it's good to hold out to your daughter that the life that we're calling our children to is a life of joy, Amen. a life of freedom, that we are offering them something good and beautiful. And if that vision, if she can take hold of that in her heart, that that's what she desires. Yes, yes. I remember really feeling that as a young person myself. I had a really unexpected exchange with my mother one day. I don't remember exactly how it came about. How old I was, were you? I, I must have been... Hmm, 13, Mm. something like that. But I was asking her about natural family planning. Because you you knew that your parents practiced it. Well, I kind of was realizing that, yeah. But my father actually had died when I was not quite eight years old. And so, you know, it hadn't been a topic of conversation in our house um, that I remembered. But I I did, you know, kind of know that they had. And so I was asking her about it. And... And she ended up just telling me the story. It was just the two of us, but she shared with me that that she and my dad had waited to be united after they were married, and both of them were virgins, and that they, uh, the next day when they went to Mass, mm. that um, my dad started just to to cry. Can I can I say something here? Okay. I can't help it. I can't I can't tell I can't help but share how excited I am about this. Because <laughs> I have told this story to audiences mm. countless hundreds of times over the last 20 mm. plus years. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that an audience is hearing this awesome, Aww. awesome story from my wife. Well, thanks. This is exciting <laughs> to me. So what my mom said was that my dad was crying after they were praying after communion and when she asked him what had caused him to cry, he um, said that the words of the priest when he said, this is my body given up for you, that it was the first time that he felt he knew what that meant. Mm. And I think to my young ears hearing that, Mm. um, something just captured my heart about something beautiful that I knew I wanted. And if that meant not having sex with a boyfriend, that was fine because what I wanted, I really wanted that beautiful gift that my parents had of um, experiencing the profoundness of giving their bodies to one another. And it's worth the wait. It's been worth it. You know, I want to, first of all, say to you, my love, Thank you for the sacrifices you made. Thank you for opening your heart to that Mm. story your mom told Mm -hmm. and saying, I want that because I have been the direct beneficiary of Mm -hmm. your commitment there. 
And I want to say to any listener out there who's saying, well, that's nice for Christopher West or that's nice for so-and-so, but I've already screwed up and there's no hope for me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. John Paul II so beautifully talks about rediscovering what he calls our original virginal value. Mm -hmm. And there is no sin we have committed that is beyond the scope of God's healing reach. When we hear those voices playing in our head, you've screwed up so much, you're never going to be able to fill in the blank. You can know for sure that that is not the voice of your heavenly father. That is a diabolic, nasty, dark Mm -hmm. voice trying to Mm -hmm. rob you of the hope Mm-hmm. that Christ wants to breathe into your lungs, breathe into your heart, your body, your mind, your very body as a man or a woman. There is always hope. This is a message of healing and redemption. Mm-hmm. And anybody who says otherwise about the Catholic Church's teaching has not really heard what mm-hmm. the Catholic Church truly believes and holds out. Mm. We are so happy to be receiving these questions from you guys, and we're so happy as a married couple to be answering them together. If you have a question that you want to submit to us, please go to askchristopherwest.com to submit that question. You'll also find there the show notes for the Ask Christopher West podcast. And please give us a review. We would love to hear what you think of our show. We're very excited to continue the show and share so much more with you, but we need your help to do it. So give us your questions. Uh, I think we're getting quite a stack in there. So Be patient with us if we don't get to your question in an immediate upcoming show, but we will be combing through all the questions we receive and answering as many of them as we possibly can. We would also love for you to continue the journey. The Theology of the Body Institute has an online community of men and women around the world who are learning and living and sharing this Theology of the Body, and we want to offer you a free introductory course If you go to askchristopherwest.com forward slash free course, you can sign right up there and we'd love to continue the journey with you in that format. Yes. God bless you, everybody. Until the next podcast. Yes. God bless you. We'll see you then. The Ask Christopher West podcast comes to you from the Theology of the Body Institute with music by Mike Mangione and production by Sounder and Key. So here we are. What episode is this? This is episode four. four. Episode number four. Zooming by. We're getting kind of good at this. I don't know. Uh, what do you well, think? You're getting good at it. Oh, thanks. It's pretty fun. Um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, well, let me take that back. You were getting good at it. <laughs>